This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning and welcome to Ringgit and Cents, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan. As tax season comes to an end, I thought this would be a good time to remind you to do your taxes, but also take a look forward and dive into ways to optimize your taxes to pay the right amount, not too much and definitely not too little. And to help me with this, I'm speaking with Ang Wena, Global Employer Services Leader at Deloitte Malaysia. Uh, Wena, welcome to Ringgit and Cents. Thank you, Roshan, for having me. So, Rina, first off, right, when does tax planning enter tax avoidance or tax dodging? Okay, tax planning, um, first of all, if you if you think of what tax dodging is all about, it's you know you need to pay tax, but you choose not to. Mm. You choose to hide, you choose to not declare, uh, not declare at all or under declaration. You, 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 you just play that police and thief kind of thing with the tax authorities. Tax planning is, yes, I've got this situation. What is the best route or strategy that I could look at uh, within the premise of the tax legislation or tax rules currently? And sometimes with the, um, I mean, not every layman is tax savvy. So, of course, um, you can seek consultations with the tax authorities. Yes. In fact, tax authorities, they, they are very open and flexible to guide you through. It's like, okay, if I have this situation, what is the correct way to declare, right? right. So, tax planning, you talk to your tax consultants and advisors. At the end of the day is to make sure that you don't pay too much, neither do you pay too little, just pay just nice, I would say. So it's really just about optimizing your taxes, right? Because no one no one is exactly. saying that you shouldn't be paying taxes. It's our civic duty to contribute. But at the same time, the government is giving you incentives and rebates and all these different yes. things. So you want to take them up. Otherwise, why is the government giving them to you? So you want to pay the right amount of taxes. Now, Wena, there's nothing we can do about this year's filing as we are all currently doing our filings or hopefully have done our filings already. But we've still got around eight months to tax plan for next Next year, and one key way to do this is through tax reliefs. Wena, are there tax reliefs that are automatic, uh, things that we don't need to spend money on uh, or buy, but are already entitled to? I, I like this question, especially give you automatically. You don't have to spend. You don't have to buy. <laughs> and, um, the thing is, it's very limited. If you, if you look at the tax reliefs uh, currently available. And for all of us who are now doing the e-filing or have done the e-filing, you can see that the e-filing that's provided by the tax authorities is, is very easy, right? It, it really provides you step-by-step, uh, step, uh, tells you the maximum you can claim. But if you look at it, what's automatically will be number one, I think, as the taxpayer that's um, on yourself, yeah, that's automatically given to you at 9000 um, for this year. I'm not too sure whether it will change for next year or not, but automatically ones, automatic ones will be the taxpayer uh, relief. And then it will be those um, for the dependents, yeah, the reliefs that you can claim for your spouse. If you're married and if she's not working, you can claim a dependent spouse, um, the spouse relief, and also for your children. Yeah. Um, the other one will be the contribution to so. so which again, um, if you recall, in the system itself, is actually automated, um, inputted already based on what has been 
uh, provided from your employer. So I would say these would be the three basic ones that's automatically given to you. Yeah. So beyond those automatic tax reliefs then, could you take us mm. through the reliefs that all of us should be looking at? And maybe uh, <laughs> for the sake of uh, organization, we can go from the biggest impact to the smallest? Okay. Uh, those parents with children, savings under the scheme Simpanan Pendidikan National Account, yeah, uh, SSPN, um, it is good savings. Dividends are quite lucrative compared to the fixed deposit uh, interest. And maximum is 8,000. I personally do that. Yeah. Um, put in, so last year, I think, the year before was about 6,000 and they increased the relief to 8,000. Now, you may have withdrawals during the year. It is always the net-net. So if you don't withdraw uh, from that um, so-called, this is actually an education scheme, right? Mm. So if you don't do a withdrawal, but just put in 8,000, 8,000 um, every year, that 8,000 max is for you as a tax relief. So, Rosha, I'm not too sure whether you have children, but um, <laughs> not yet, not yet. this is one. Yeah, not yet. So, this is this is one, like I said, for parents with children. Yeah. All right. Um, right. Next one, down from 8,000 to 7,000. This is for any individuals who actually um, want to think about, you know, furthering their, their, their education into a postgraduate. Yeah. So, fees that you pay for all fields of studies at postgraduate level and be very careful you must be uh, in a recognized institution or any professional body right uh, in Malaysia in Malaysia yeah in Malaysia by the government or approved by the Minister of Finance so it could be your masters or your doctorate so what they say is the the, the qualifying fields of studies include law accounting Islamic financing, uh, anything technical, vocational, industrial, scientific, or technological skills or qualification. So again, uh, to kind of boost um, um, your further education level. All right, 7,000 for that. Um, now we come down to 6,000, what's available. I would avoid um, those kind of um, not so nice ones, but Again, uh, if any misfortune, it will be for those uh, medical expenses that you incurred for serious illnesses, yeah, mm-hmm. um, up to 6000 And also a claim for personal disability, again, 6000 uh, Expenses for purchasing of, of uh, supporting equipment, yeah, for, for your own use or your dependents or parents who are disabled, again, up to 6000 yeah. Um, these are the ones. And then you come down to 5,000, which will be those that you claim uh, for expenses that you incurred for your parents, yeah? Where where you have paid for medical uh, expenses. That's to doctors who are registered again with the Malaysian Medical Council. So again, this again will be expenses incurred in Malaysia, not overseas uh, medical um, expenses. Thereafter, then you have your typical ones of um, 4,000 in the like of contributions to approved provident fund. You remember in the past where we had contributions made to EPF? Yes. And it was to like up to 6,000 or 7,000. Now be very careful this year round. This 7,000 has then now been split into 4,000 for max as EPF contribution, and then the remaining 3,000 is to life insurance premium, okay? So this is 
partly, I guess, to encourage more people to to embark on more uh, life insurance schemes. But again, it's it's not like in the past where you can claim max seven thousand EPF. Now it's split between EPF and uh, life insurance scheme. So, you know, this because could be. This yeah. would be an important point, right? Because for a lot of people, this is like one of those automatic, uh, uh, for a lot of employed workers, if you if you contribute more than 7,000 ringgit, this is one of those automatic reliefs that you would have had. But next year, it's only going to be 4,000 ringgit. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, or rather this year's, even starting for 2020 tax mm-hmm. return that some may not have filed uh, since it's only due on the 30th April. You can see the system actually has, um, has split it up very nicely and put in the max. So, if let's say by unconscientiously that you just key in the 7,000, sorry, it won't accept that number as well. So the system is good to kind of uh, guide you yeah, to the correct declaration. Okay. All right. And uh, after provident funds, uh, are we are we near the, so the popular ones are PRS and uh, the lifestyle tax reliefs, right? Are we there yet? Yes. <laughs> yes, we are coming to that. Your lifestyle is 2005. Uh, pretty nice. Uh, again, it's, Everything encompassing, whether it's purchase of books, newspapers, sports equipment, computers, smartphones, subscription of broadband internet and gym members fees. And for 2020 itself, there was a add-on. That means further to the existing 2005, there is an additional one. Yeah, uh, Additional 2005, especially in times of now that a lot of people are going on... Um, work from home or mm-hmm. studies from home that you need more technology as smartphones uh, purchases the government actually had given under those various uh, supporting schemes in times of COVID-19 uh, the additional 2005 yeah um, now you'll be glad to know say hey, we know I may have missed this additional <laughs> 2005 uh, whether you you want to change your existing phone or whether is there a need to buy the thing is, the good news is this additional 2005 will actually be extended for another year until the end of this year. Okay? Fantastic. So, if there's any new phones or what gadgets that you want to look at, um, there was an announcement uh, under the Panjana tax measures that was uh, announced by the Minister of Finance. Okay? All right. Uh, um, anything else you'd like mm. to point out? Uh, have we touched on the PRS? Yes, I've touched on that. That would be the private uh, retirement scheme, the annual premium that you pay for, 3000 That's available. The other new, the other interesting one would be, yeah, last year, if indeed you had supported the domestic tourism, yeah, in respect of maybe uh, going to the hotels, having a staycation, etc., um, they actually had given a 1,000 maximum tax relief for those that you chuti chuti Malaysia. Okay? <laughs> all right. And of course, with all these things that we've noted, you should also probably be yeah. doing your own homework into it. Look through all the reliefs. I mean, there are plenty of lists out there that you can go through. Yes. Reina has just given us uh, some of the big ones and also giving us a bit of context here. Uh, in a little bit, though, we're going to get into more on saving money on your taxes and also get into a little bit about when the tax relief is worth it and when it isn't in just a little bit. Keep it here to Ring It and Sense on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Ring It and Sense, the show that's all about personal 
personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesin. This morning, I'm speaking with Ang Weina, Global Employer Services Leader at Deloitte Malaysia, and we're talking about ways to optimize our taxes. Now, Weina, we talked about a lot of tax reliefs earlier, but you know, sometimes a tax relief, uh, you know, I asked myself this question, whether it's worth the expenditure, whether it, especially when it's not a needed expense, right? Say the lifestyle yeah. relief, for example, um, say I don't need a phone, and I, but I, because of the relief, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I can spend some money on a phone to quote unquote maximize my tax relief. Uh, what, what are your thoughts right. on that? Um, I would say spend only when you need. Okay, don't don't spend just because. This is my own personal feeling. It's mm-hmm. um, do I need it? Um, and this is always a question that I ask my daughter. Right? <laughs> do you need it? <laughs> and so just just because I want it, but. Do you need it in the first place? And if you need it, would this expenditure, the next thing as a tax tax professional, I would ask, okay, let's look at whether this expenditure will fall into any relief that I can claim. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, Ma, how can you be? I said, sorry, coming from a tax professional. So so just taking her as an example, um, she, she's now in uni and of course, studying from home, then you need better, better, uh, what you call technology, products like notebook or monitors, the whole system. And that. So, um, so when we looked at it, I said, okay, that's 2005 and there's another 2005. And she was contemplating. I say, well, um, it is the, the, the amount is affordable and there's a relief. Okay, let's, let's max it. Right. So I, I would say, don't just spend for the sake of uh, reducing your taxes because, um, you never know if you have the savings for a rainy day, it will come in handy, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing is, relief is, I think, a reminder to all the listeners is you must spend in order to claim the relief. Okay. Don't just, don't just put in the amount uh, simply because you didn't spend. That's, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> would, would that be tax fraud, Wena? Yes, that would be. And I can share with you, um, even though we are already in self-assessment for individual taxpayers since 2004, it's a good 16 years. And you can imagine people are actually just sometimes uh, in, in local terms, they just say they'll just think back, okay? <laughs> just try their luck. Um, simple things like, um, okay, claims for 2005, last time was the purchase of books. Of course, purchases of books, there's no names on the receipt. But a lot of people, because sometimes you've got many children and you spend more and versus some some families where oh, there's only one child and you don't spend so much. And they actually ask, hey, can you spare the, the receipts? You know, share the receipts with me. Yeah, I've got spares. Why don't you take it? Correct or not? Mm-hmm. But that technically is not correct because you did not spend uh from yourself, right, to incur the expenditure and therefore uh, to be eligible on the relief. Um, there's another one uh, on the claim of, for example, students, children, yeah? Children especially above 18 years old. And there's a um, higher amount of tax relief for those schooling children above 18 years old who undertake studies in local universities or colleges. Now, a lot of maybe the parents actually just take for granted, oh yeah, yeah, they are just studying locally, you, okay, I'll just put this 8,000 there, for example. But they fail to check into the Education Act, yeah, uh, Mm. to see whether the cost that the the child is 
are taking, is it a qualified course that can be eligible for the tax relief? Yeah. So I've heard of cases, and it's real cases, that the inland revenue actually, if for any abnormalities of uh, claims that you have put in, they can actually pick up for audit. And this is a real case that they actually picked up for audit. Same thing, they asked, why do you claim 8,000? Oh, because my child is uh, going to university. And then they say, can you show us the, the letter, the, the offer, the, which course, which field? And then there, there it is. The authorities just say, look, uh, and we show you in the Education Act, this course is actually not in the approved list. Hmm. So which means you have overclaimed. And what does this mean? Uh, you have underpaid taxes, right? Yeah. So, and thereby, the penalties for incorrect tax return. So, so I would say be very careful. Uh, there are notes um, inside the e-filing that would guide you uh, to really making sure that you are indeed eligible uh, to claim. So while we want to optimize our taxes, we shouldn't be tembaking our taxes also. Lah, huh? Yes, right. that's correct. Right. And actually, um, if you guys want to learn more about whether a tax relief is an excuse to spend money, I actually did this conversation with Fatin Rosli <laughs> of Wealth Vantage Advisory. I'll link the podcast in the show notes once it's online. You can find it on the BFM website, on the BFM right. app. Now, Wena, I want to quickly get into like looking beyond reliefs. There are also these things called... Uh, there are also tax rebates and deductions. Could you first explain okay. to us what a tax deduction is and whether it applies to us? All right. I, I think we actually use these words very loosely, tax mm. deductions, tax reliefs and all that. Yeah. Um, but tax reliefs will be, <clears throat> will be those that we have just uh, mentioned earlier. Now, there are deductions actually that you can take from your gross income that's at the top line. For example, yeah, um, professional subscriptions uh, that's coming out from the employment income. So what does this mean? It's like, for example, I am a member of the sitting uh, Chartered Taxation Institute of Malaysia. I, I have my subscription to the professional bodies. Now, you, if you look through the entire tax return, there is no particular line or role to allow you to claim that deduction, right? Because... Mm -hmm. This enables me to, or it, it, it enhances, uh, it enhances my um, so-called um, professional, yeah, um, in terms of the subscriptions. So where where do we do the deductions then? So this is where you can do a deductions on your own from the gross salary that you see in the uh, form EA that's being issued uh, by the employer. So you can do a deduction. So the next question, Roshan, you probably asked me, hey, wouldn't the tax revenue then look at this? It's like, hey, how come you have a different figure? But if you can justify, say, yes, this is the EA that shows my salary. These are the receipts that I paid uh, for to the various professional bodies and therefore I deduct, I deduct from my gross uh, income. That's totally acceptable, all right? So it's expenses um, other, directly yeah. related to your profession then? Yes, correct. And probably let me just extend this further. A lot of mm. there were a lot of other questions coming out as well from our other briefings uh, given. It says, Rena, what if uh, I go for my salsa, salsa certification? Yeah. Uh, then I say, Are you a salsa dancer? Uh, if you're employed as a salsa dancer and you need to go for 
salsa certification by whichever board, you know, then yes, because it enhances your profession. But if I'm a tax professional and I put in my salsa certification, I'm going to be in deep trouble with the tax authority. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are the other deductions, uh, but this is clearly shown things like donations, yeah, donations that you give to approved charitable organizations or even gifts. Um, gifts to museums or etc. It's all listed inside the, the tax return. That falls also as part of the deductions per se. Yeah? What about tax rebates, Rena? Okay, tax rebates come at the bottom line. So at the top, you have all your gross income, etc. Uh, and whatever any other incomes, right? rental income and all that, that will form your total income. And from the total income, you will then you will then deduct all the available tax reliefs. And then that will give you your chargeable income. So chargeable income that does not exceed 35,000 ringgit currently uh, will be entitled to a tax rebate. Yeah, The current amount of tax rebate to individual, it's uh, 400 ringgit. And uh, if you have spouse, there'll be an additional rebate of 4,000 ringgit for joint assessment. Now, for our Muslims uh, taxpayers where they contribute zakat, right? Now, in addition to the monthly tax deductions that has been made from their monthly payroll, they can also claim or using the zakat contribution as a tax rebate as well, okay? So from the chargeable income that I've mentioned, that means coming out from the total income, less of your tax reliefs that comes to the chargeable income. And if you have soccer, you can do a further uh, so-called rebate from that chargeable income. All right, Reina, thank you so much for your time. I've been speaking with Ang Reina, Global Employer Services Leader at Deloitte Malaysia, and you've been listening to Ringgit and Cents, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan for BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.